we're back. 28, almost 29 minutes after 11 o'clock. My pleasure to welcome in a couple of representatives of Shea Hope, uh, Kelly and Sharice. Thank you for joining us, ladies. Thank you for having us. You bet. Uh, Got an upcoming event. We'll talk about that in just a bit. An opportunity to raise a little awareness for Shea Hope. It was a little revenue, too, because uh, it certainly takes a little something to keep organizations like yours going. But first, remind us again what Shea Hope's all about. Shea Hope is a domestic violence program. We were created in 1983 by Elizabeth Richmond, a Mennonite missionary. So our mission, our purpose, our philosophy is that men, women, and children have a right to live free from violence and have safety, and that we will promote social change within our communities. So Shea Hope currently has two emergency shelters um, for survivors of domestic violence, one in Franklin and one in New Iberia. Um, We have two safe visitation exchange centers, and for those who don't know what that is, that is where parents can peacefully exchange their children without any arguments, without any fights. They don't even see each other, and um, they can have visits. Whenever a judge feels that a parent shouldn't be alone with their child, Historically, it would be a friend or a family member who would supervise that visit. Now that we have these centers, we have supervised monitors who actually monitor that visit, and we have security on site. There's one in New Iberia as well as one in Franklin. We also have three batterers intervention support groups. Those groups teach the batterer a mindset of how to have a 50-50 relationship, and it gives them tools to help control their urges of having power and control over that person that they love the most. And we have one in Franklin, one in New Iberia, and one in Thibodeau. Very good. So you serve uh, four different parishes? Yes, we do. St. Mary, Iberia, St. Martin, and Assumption Parish. Okay. So the Thibodeau one serves Assumption, I guess? Well, um, we used to serve the Lafouche Parish and Terrebonne Parishes way back when. And the judges just never wanted us to let go of that batter's intervention program. So we kept that there. But that's the only service we have in that area. Understood, understood. Um, You know, yesterday there was an incident in Lafayette you may have heard about a woman uh, who was shot. Uh, Apparently it was domestic abuse. and, And I only know this information because... My girlfriend happened to be at Lafayette General, and uh, she talked to some of the family members. They didn't realize this woman had been abused domestically. And unfortunately, I mean, as the case is, the guy escaped. He eventually shot himself on the side of the road. Uh, But too often, uh, the abused don't do enough about it. And that's what Shea Hope and other uh, organizations like yours, can allow them to do it with some degree of, uh, one, being able to get away, and two, having a place to go. Right, correct. Um, We offer an array of services. We order option counseling. We don't tell anyone what to do. We give you the different options that may be available for you. We also assist with um, filling out temporary restraining orders. These are the orders that the uh, perpetrator, it's placed against the perpetrator and the perpetrator is ordered to stay away from the survivor they can't call them they can't have a third party call them they can't go to their house they can't go to their place of employment 
they have to stay so many feet away from them. And if they violate that order, then they are arrested. Um, it's not a shield of armor. Mm-hmm. It's not a magical protection tool, but it is a form of reaching out and law enforcement can enforce that protection. To get a restraining order, you have to have physical abuse, sexual abuse, or they will have to have threats of violence. Shea Hope does not decide if you get it. Yeah, That is up to the judge. We only help you fill it out. Understood. And, you know, I I know people who may not be as empathetic to the situation say, well, just leave. Why is it not that easy? It's definitely not that easy. Um, There's a lot of different factors that fall into place, especially if um, you are in a relationship or a situation where you might be financially dependent on the person. Um, That perpetrator may prevent you from getting a job, having a vehicle. Um, Your sole purpose could be to make sure the house is clean, the kids are taken care of, Um, so, you know, it could be financially difficult to get out. It could be physically dangerous to get out. It could escalate the situation to get out of it. Um, and it sometimes can bring more harm, especially if a lot of, um, very intense, um, physical violence is being used. Um, some, some people, some individuals they're just scared. Um, some might not necessarily know the severity of the danger that they're in. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of times um, there's a lot of shame and embarrassment that comes with it and not necessarily being able to process everything that's happening could become very difficult for a survivor or a victim um, to be able to get out. It, there's a lot of different factors. There's no cookie cutter um, description of what domestic violence is. Um, not every story is the same and not every situation is easy to get out of. Yeah. And we have the simple fact that that person may just love mm-hmm. him or her. That love is blind and you always hope that they're going to change. You always hope for the fact that that's the person you first fell in love with. It's holding on to that. And a lot of times that's the factor because domestic violence does not just involve people who have economic disparities. It's also people who are very wealthy, mm-hmm. that you have survivors who can support themselves. There's no other reason for them to be there except that they love them. Yeah. Something- and and you, you mentioned they hope that they change, but... That's pretty rare uh, from the statistics I've seen. It it is. It it is very rare. And you will see um, it takes a survivor 8, 10, sometimes 15 times to actually leave that situation before they leave for good. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, sometimes when they leave, that's the most dangerous time. That's when things like happen like that happened in Lafayette and that happened all over our country. When that abuser finally loses control and you leave, that's the ultimate for them. Mm-hmm. If the saying, if I can't have you, no one will. Yeah. You see that happen often. And in that case, it's normally a murder-suicide. Understood. Tell us uh, maybe a couple of red flags uh, for family or friends 
who see changes in their friend or family member's activities that might be a result of domestic violence? Um, a few red flags would be uh, maybe someone was a very social person and then they get in this relationship and they start not going to family functions, not going to hang out with friends. Um, they start isolating themselves. They might start getting um, angry at their family members if, you know, they might say something negative about, you know, the person that they're with. Um, they might start being somewhat controlled in what decisions they can make. Um, Changing their appearance. appearance. They would do their hair. Yeah, maybe a certain way. Wear, wear makeup. Certain, wear certain clothes or not wear certain clothes. Um, Quick involvement, that's another red flag. If someone all of a sudden meets somebody and then within a week or two, we're engaged. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a red flag that there's something going on in that situation. Um, that's just a few of them. There, there's so many, yeah. you know, so many red flags that can happen. But I think the biggest ones are quick involvement, socially changing, not, you know, Changing their demeanor, not being the same person they used to be, not doing the activities they used to do. Their whole world revolves around that person, whether it's male or female, because we do have male survivors as well. No, true, true. Um, a lot of times you see that in a Mr. Mom situation where the female is the breadwinner of the family, um, and you also... Um, same-sex relationships. You see that um, we have a lot coming in. And female same-sex relationships are very dangerous. I don't know why, but we see a lot of lethality in that when there is abuse involved. Understood. How important is it to get the children out of those situations, too? It's, it's very important. Um, statistically, millions of children um, within the United States witness um, some form of abuse in the household. Um, and when you think about it, you know, these kids are being exposed to this, right? This is what they are seeing. This is what they're experiencing. And this is what they sometimes, A, can think is normal. That is how you should treat someone. Um, some children will kind of like recluse themselves. And um, you might start noticing some changes in their demeanors. Maybe they're a little bit quieter maybe they're gonna become very like try to please their parents because they don't want things to get escalated yeah. um some children become pawns in the relationship so the kids are being used against you know whether it's a mother or father the kids are being used as basically a weapon um if you don't do this then you can't see your kids or you know maybe the abuse will begin to happen to the kids um, I see a lot of times where the kids are going to be a huge factor in that abuse. Um, whether the abuse is happening to them, they're being used, they're being weaponized as a means to get what they want, being controlled. And ultimately, I mean, these are very um, young kids. A lot of times they're susceptible to what they see. And so these actions obviously are affecting them. And we want to try to break the cycle of abuse. So trying to get those kids out of the home or educated, you know, that's something we're very passionate about so that they can see that is not what love is supposed to be like.
Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I'll hear survivors say, but they never, we never fought in front of them. They hear. Mm-hmm. Children yeah. hear and they know things. And they notice change too. Yes, and that affects them later on in their adult life. They see those patterns. And a lot of times it's unfortunate that the male children will grow up to be abusive. Not all the time, but a good bit of the time that happens. Um, in, in part because they've witnessed it and they think that's yes. acceptable behavior, but yes. maybe there's also something hereditary in there, uh, something that sets them off. Well, abuse isn't a sickness. Okay. It's a power and control. Um, you can be kind to everyone else. An abuser does not go around beating up their boss. They don't go around beating up their best friend. They take that, they want that power and control of that one person that they love. And so that's pretty much what it is. It's power and control, repeated patterns of power and control over another person. And then it'll escalate to the emotional abuse. And then it'll escalate to the physical abuse. Once it gets to the physical abuse, that's when you really need to take a step back and think, is this what I want? I get phone calls from people all over that want to get out. They'll call us and say, hey, we want to come to the shelter. I want this to happen. And we do everything we can to make it happen. But at the last minute, they'll change their mind. And that is being scared. They, they are scared of what's going to happen. Um, and with talking with the children, abusers will say, if you leave, I'm going to call child protection. Mm. I'm going to get my kids back because you're at a shelter. You're leaving me. You can't be stable. That is just some of the things that, that we're told from survivors, that they are told. Understood. Let's talk about how we can help then uh, those victims uh, and uh, Shea Hope uh, with upcoming events. Uh, you've got a special one on the 28th. Yes, it is our 40th anniversary. We have been providing services to survivors for 40 years. We started out by a Mennonite missionary who housed survivors in her home and in her friends' homes. And from there, we've grown to doing that, to being just a non-residential program where we did restraining orders and we housed people in hotels and transferred them to the 16 other domestic violence programs in the state. And then in um, 2007, we were fortunate to open our own shelter in Franklin so that then we began shelter services. We did that until 2016 when we were asked to start services in Iberia and St. Martin Parish. Mm-hmm. So we started outreach offices here, and we would house individuals from this area in our Franklin shelter and surrounding shelters. And from there, we grew to our visitation centers. And last year, we were fortunate enough to be funded by the Department of Children and Family Services to finally open a shelter in Iberia Parish. So we have a six-bedroom, a six-apartment, two-bedroom shelter here in New Iberia. We do not double up. We house six families at a time. They can live here for up to six weeks, and we work with them on goals, housing, employment, on how to live independently free of violence. Yeah, and, and so often they have to leave behind everything. Yes. Just about, uh, perhaps, and 
Uh, I would imagine always in need of some of those products. Is that something yes. you accept donations oh, for? Definitely. We accept anything you need to live in your home, they need. It's a complete apartment, two bedrooms, a living room, a bathroom, a kitchen. Shea Hope's the first program in the state of Louisiana to offer individual apartment living. It's a trauma-informed way of assisting people. We encourage you to do things on your own. And all of this is why we are celebrating 40 years of services with our gala. And I'm going to let Kelly tell you about the gala. Please do. Yeah, so our gala will be held on September 28th. It is a Thursday at Cypress Bayou Casino from 6 to 9. Um, We have tickets available for purchase online. If you check us out on Facebook, um, just look up Shea Hope. I'll go ahead and spell it for you. It's C-H-E-Z, second word, hope, H-O-P-E. And if you look us up on Facebook, you will see that we have a um, featured uh, upcoming event area. You can click on that and get our tickets through Eventbrite, or you can show up the night of the event. Tickets are $50. Um, We will have um, food available, light appetizers, as well as Crossfire, will be performing for um, us throughout the whole event. Um, so we'll have some great music, dancing, conversations, um, networking. It'll be a fun night. Um, and what's exciting is Cypress Bayou Casino, this is the first event that they're having since COVID. Is that right? Yep. Yes. So they have generously donated the pavilion and the food to us. So we are very excited about that. No, no doubt about it. Ticket price, uh, you mentioned availability online, but uh, price of tickets? They are $50 um, per ticket. Uh, like I said, you can get them online on Facebook at our Eventbrite site or the day of the event. We also have some sponsorship opportunities still available. Um, if you want more information on sponsorships, you can call me at 337 337- Two four two nine five nine five. Once again, that's three three seven two four two nine five nine five. I can go through all the sponsorship information, send you um, the paperwork with everything listed. And sponsorship levels are from two hundred and fifty dollars to ten thousand um, dollars. And with each sponsorship, you get tickets. Two hundred and fifty dollars gets you four tickets. A $1,500 sponsorship gets you a whole table of eight. Gotcha. So it ranges that way. Um, as you go up in sponsorships, you get more benefits. So we're, we're really excited about that. Um, and all proceeds will benefit the survivors in all four parishes that we serve. Understood. And, uh, again, um, this is the 28th. Uh, Pretty much on the eve of Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Is there any parallel there? Or um, just coincidence that it falls with the 40th anniversary? No. No, we, we planned it yeah. that way, yes. Um, we're, we're trying just to set everything up. 40 years of celebrating the services, the growth of our organization, as well as honoring and remembering survivors who have lost their lives and survivors who have overcome. We, we want to remember all of that. We want to celebrate um, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. We want to educate 
the community to let them know what they can do, what are the signs, how they can help someone. So that's real important. Um, we're going to be having an array of events happening in October um, throughout all of our parishes. So make sure to check us out on Facebook where you can see everything being listed. But one thing Iberia Parish can definitely look out for is Raising Canes is helping us out with a fundraiser on October 4th from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. So that's Raising Canes on East Admiral's Oil Drive. Um, from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. If you go and get you some Raisin Canes, mention Shea Hope, and they will donate 15% of their sales to Shea Hope. Um, and once again, that money helps us um, provide different things for our, for our survivors. Um, it, it helps um, medicine. Grants will not pay for medicine or doctor visits. Mm. It'll pay for things like if kids in the shelter we want to go get them snowballs after school we want to go get them a happy meal after school um it helps with repair and maintenance we don't get a lot of money for that um just this other friday when the weather was bad a tree fell on our fence Mm -hmm. so you know it, it helps us with things like that it also helps the survivors when moving on because a lot of them will need rent utilities furniture Um, We work with Lafayette Homeless Education. They help us with getting kids set up for school, but it doesn't pay for everything. Book fees. um, School supplies. School supplies. uh, Field trip fees. You know, all this money helps that, and we try to do it throughout. Well, we do throughout all four parishes. All right. I know you don't uh, talk about uh, the location of the shelters uh, to protect uh, those people in them. How do they maybe make a donation uh, apart from this uh, event, the 28th? Our shelters are um, pretty secure. We have cameras everywhere. We have fences. So the location, we don't go around announcing it to everyone, but we do let people drop things off at the gate there. Okay. Who we serve is confidential. But how are you going to donate? How are you going to trust us to be good stewards of your money if you don't know where we are, if you haven't seen what we're doing? So in our Franklin shelter, we actually give tours and no let kidding. people see everything. It's, much, it's bigger, so we have a donation center where we have clothing supplies. That's called My Sister's Closet. We have a food pantry. We have uh, a huge children's center. So we're trying to acquire this in New Iberia, um, but right now it's just not as big. So what's that address? 730 730 South Lewis. South Lewis Street. You know, and they can also call our New Iberia number, and they will also give them the address there. Very good. Um, We haven't talked, or if you did mention it, it it slipped by me, but... A hotline of any sort for victims in trouble? So we do have a 24-hour crisis line. Um, Our number is 337-828-4200. 
Um, so that will direct you to our Franklin office where you will talk to an advocate. Like I said, we have one 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, and if you aren't in St. Mary Parish, they will direct you to the appropriate advocate that you would need to talk to um, out of all of our service parishes. So that number again is 337-828. And there is 24-hour staff at the shelter. So anytime, if you need shelter, no matter what parish you're in, call that number. We're going to see if there's availability. If there is not availability, we're going to give you phone numbers to surrounding shelters that you can call for availability there. So we do everything we possibly can to make sure you are safe. Very good. And another thing, um, a way that residents or companies or businesses can do fundraisers for us, um, they can do certain drives at their business. Say, everyone wear blue jeans one day, and they bring a dollar or $5 to wear blue jeans, and that can be donated to Shea Hope. They can do a toiletry drive where they ask their individuals who work for them or their their church community or spiritual community, to bring toiletries you know so there's an array of things that the community can do to assist us very good anything uh, whether they be events or anything else uh, you want to mention um, in franklin we are having a empowerment walk in conjunction with the walk for christ on october 1st um, we're going to meet on the corner of jackson and maine at 5 30 to sign up the walk begins at six and it is just um, around the block and to the bias side at Park Sur Latesh, where we'll have a candlelight vigil. Um, we're going to have a, a choir that's going to be singing and we'll have um, a short agenda and then we'll have the vigil honoring those who have lost their lives due to domestic violence. And again, that date? October 1st, Sunday, okay. October 1st. Kicking off the um, month. We're still getting our vigils together for Iberia and St. Martin and Assumption. But no. check us out on Facebook. Yes, we will post it. I was going to ask you about Facebook. Well, you mentioned Facebook, uh, Shea Hope. Any other uh, social media websites? We have an Instagram um, that we will typically post whatever is on Facebook. Um, just type in Shea Hope, and it yeah. should And we come have up. a Snapchat, yeah. and we have a TikTok. Um, and we also have a website that is currently under construction. I think it was made in 1910. No, just kidding. <laughs> it, it's really old, um, and we are updating it, and that is sheahope.org. Very good. It has all of our basic information, but it doesn't have all of our new programs yet. Um, our mobile advocacy, where we go out in the community and we can meet a survivor at a safe location instead of them having to come to the brick-and-mortar location. Um, so it tells you about our – it doesn't have our new Iberia shelter in there. So that's some things that we're hoping by December will be updated. Very good. Any last thoughts? If anyone has any questions, needs, uh, you know, any – information on the gala or fundraising events feel free to call um, my number 337-242-9595 my name's kelly i do work in the same martin office but i can definitely give you information on anything that's happening in any of the four parishes so please call if you have any questions and i'd like to thank you oh my pleasure k-a-n-e and all of the listeners for all the support and the welcoming of Shea Hope to Iberia Parish. You know, it, it's, it's hard to s- 
have a new nonprofit come in and not know a lot about them, you know. But we were welcomed with open arms by all of our law enforcement, our judges, our clerk of courts, um, our legal system, and, you know, that, that means a lot to us, that, you know, our reputation has gotten us there to where we're in a new parish and everyone's accepting us. Excellent. So thank you to the community. We appreciate all of you. You bet. Uh, again, Kelly, Sharice, appreciate you joining us. And if uh, people remember anything, I've got most of that contact information and the flyer and things like that. So uh, if you forget everything else, just give me a call and I'll remind you of that information. Again, thanks for joining us. Thank you.